The Touchdown City Podcast is presented by Salango Law, where you don't get excuses, you get results. Visit them online at salangolaw.com. From the Riverbank Studio, here's your host, Anthony Lewis, along with Avon Coborn and Derek Bailey. And this is the Touchdown City Podcast. Welcome into the Touchdown City Podcast, presented by Salengo Law, and produced in partnership with HD Media and the Charleston Gazette Mail. I'm Anthony Lewis in the Riverbank Studio today with Derek Bailey and Mr. Avon Coburn. What's up, gentlemen? Food is on my mind. Food is on my mind. So we've got to be quick today because Avon's headed down to celebrate Thanksgiving early. Yeah, good for him. And, and we're going to do it on Thursday, too. I like to eat. Oh, twice. Twice. Yeah. Oh. They're going to have, can- they gonna have candy. <laughs> you know what? Grandma grandma, grandma making some rolls. Grandma making some, some uh, sweet potato pies. Um, and you know what? I, I don't know if you see it, Derek, but I see some notes over there. So somebody, uh, we must have won a game or something. Somebody had to win. <laughs> West to Virginia, win yeah, and uh, you know how that is. West Virginia beats Texas yesterday in Morgantown, 31-23. Attendance, what do you think the attendance was? 44,000. I would say thirty, like 33. It was, they claimed there was 48,755 people there. Didn't look like it. But the the press box side was full. The visitor side was sparse, but still a good crowd for a, a a week where the students are out of town. And it's let's just face it, this team is struggling a little bit. So it's not the best product. But um, and you're not getting a good version of Texas either. Yeah. So I was I was shocked to see. So realistically, it probably was closer to forty four thousand. You they like to wow. bump it up a little bit. But uh, West Virginia over Texas thirty one. 23 um senior day and before we get into the game see what what's you've experienced that mm-hmm. i mean i've seen guys literally look like they don't care and i've seen guys literally running out of the tunnel with the tears down their face what was senior day what's senior day like for me i was the tears it was it was an emotional day for me man it was a lot i mean because you don't necessarily ex- understand what's happening why why you're going through it and for whatever reason, the night before, so so it was a double whammy for me. So the night before, you know, the, the the coach he has us give our you know our last you know speeches, and then um, we ran out the tunnel and running out the tunnel, man, I I just I just exploded, man, because I just I realized it was the last time I'm going to run out on Mountaineer Field, you know, as a player, and uh, that was tough, man. It was tough. I was crying. I was you know it was. It was it was emotional for me. I always feel like the coach has a tough time on senior day because the emotions of that can go either way. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like Avon says, he's crying. Well, the next guy, he might not have any emotion at all. But, like, you're up and down so much. I think that's probably the hardest job for a coach on that particular day because you got to get him to focus. Yeah. I think it <laughs> – I like always like senior day. And it was always – you know, I was there for Avon's. And it was always good to see the guys that you knew the names, right? Mm-hmm. Like – but I also enjoyed seeing the guys that you were like, well, I've never really seen this guy before. And come to find out, he was like a four-year walk-on, 
came to practice, busted his ass every week. Right. Like those guys, like yeah, you, you the stuck guy you've it never out. heard of. Yeah, and good for them, and good for them because every year there are those guys at every single program. Every single program has those guys, and good for those kids that that hang in there. Yeah, it was always neat to to see that. But uh, again, West Virginia over Texas. So that means West Virginia is sitting a w- one win away from bowl <laughs> eligibility. And we'll talk about our predictions later in the show. First and first of all, um, Jared Daigie yesterday had a great day. 27 of 43, 290 yards, three touchdowns. Now, granted, Texas was down, I think, two corners. Right. Texas looks like a team that's quit to me. I thought their young guys played well. I thought their young guys played hard, but it looks like their upperclassmen have zero care in the world. Well, I couldn't tell who was who. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like they was. I feel like they was. Um, uh, 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 I feel like they was playing hard. I, I thought it was a good game. I felt like it was a good game um, as far as um, them um, just going after it. I mean, they 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 had players. They had players that were. I don't know if they were young. I don't know if they're old, but I know for sure that you know. I don't think they quit. I don't know. I, as a player, you can't go out there because you quit, you are gonna get hurt. Well, the three, the three, <laughs> the three players that scored the touchdown, they were all freshmen. <laughs> well, that running back they had, he's a freshman. Scoot, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a freshman. Scoot. I, I, honestly, there was a point in the game where clearly um, they were not th- able to throw the ball very well, and I, and they just started running the ball and gashing us. <laughs> I was, I was, I'm, I've been very like. You know, I've supported the defense. I've given them a lot of credit. They were not very good yesterday. They were getting gashed big time. That that running back had nine carries for 111 yards. That was like a Frank Gore yeah, type of. Yeah, it was. I don't know if you remember that game in uh, what was it 2000 2001. Frank Gore had like five carries for like 180. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, who is this kid? Yeah, it was crazy. Frank Gore, who's still eligible to play in the NFL, <laughs> just not on a team. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I thought yesterday, I thought West Virginia's, um, you know, offense. It was interesting. It's the first time that I've seen the offense literally as f- what you would call flawless as far as football goes, because there's no such thing as perfect in in football. I mean, but it was they were pretty flawless as far as execution. They were flawless as far as not getting crazy penalties or getting penalties. Um, I just thought offensively they looked good yesterday. You know, Letty Brown got the ball 33 times, which was a lot for him. Yeah. Uh, 158 yards. Four, and, about four and eight, about four point eight yards carry, and yeah. I think that's the reason why Daigie looked much better is because West Virginia could run the football. It's no coincidence that when Daigie plays well, it has like usually West Virginia runs the football well. But, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh no, that's all. I was just, I mean, it's, just, it's no coincidence when you can run the ball, you can throw it. If you can't run it, chances are you can't throw it. But to be honest with you, he opened up the run game. Right, well, yes, um, he, they, they threw the ball in the first possession. Well, they couldn't run it, and then that opened up the run game. I don't think they ran it the first position. I don't. I, when I they, they ran it, but they didn't run it well. They only were getting like two yards. I, I don't even remember one carry on the first on the first series. Um, but I mean, Deggy came out on fire. I was like, oh my goodness, this dude is is balling. Yesterday, and, yesterday he hit nine receivers. That's, it, it, hey, it's nice to see that Prather's starting to emerge because we heard so much about him. He's starting to get some catches, make some plays. It's finally, it's about time they got that kid to football. The, I mean, it was it was it was a good or bad thing because I mean they burnt the, they burnt the red shirt. You know what I mean? That's true too. They burnt they, the red shirt. Well, doesn't he have to play four games? Yes, you have to play four. I think he's probably he's probably burn, yeah. yeah this year. 
which you know what though, um, I, I tell you what, he that that grab he made on the sideline. Oh, yeah, that was a where nice they catch. it was they you know, and he barely was out of bounds because when he tapped his toe, he clicked the back of that kid's. I was going to say, I thought he hit hit the Texas player's foot. If his foot wouldn't have been there, it'd probably been a catch. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a catch. That was a great catch. I mean, he went up and got that, and it was funny because I thought about the the um, the the Wheaton the Wheaton catch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he never like if I think there was a view that saw that his foot never touched, but because of the color of, the, of his shoes yeah. and the color of our our turf, you couldn't tell. Yeah. So I thought I when I when I looked at, it, I was like, man, he he caught that. That was awesome. West Virginia. Here's an interesting stat: West Virginia is 124 and 18 since the year 2000 when they scored 30 points. So basically, our magic number is 30. It's 30. That that was our number when we played. If we score thirty points, we're gonna win a game, a hundred percent of the time. I don't know if that might be that might be a little low for Big Twelve football in the old like in the last year or two years ago when they were playing all those shootouts. But that's what, I mean, like if you get the thirty, but if you don't get the thirty, see it puts so much pressure on the defense. That's the key. I mean, if you get thirty though, you got a great shot. That's what that t- I mean. One twenty four and eighteen. That's not a coincidence with thirty points. No, that's that's I mean that's a that's a that's a winning stat right there. Yeah, all the way. Yep. So, again, senior day. So, it's going to be interesting. And, and Neil Brown alluded to the fact that you should not, I guess, invest too much into what you saw as far as um, who walked on senior day and who didn't. He he basically just said, if you want to walk, walk. If you don't, don't. We'll make your decisions for your future later. Um, Letty Brown, I believe, walked. And I think he's pretty much done. Well, am I wrong to think that Every single player on the roster is eligible to return because last year didn't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's why everybody can return. There, there are guys on the roster, and they were talking about it. One guy on the roster the other night, he's literally finished up his second year of grad school. He's not going to yeah. go play pro ball. He just yeah. wants to go on with life. Well, and you're talking about the walk-ons earlier. You know, the fifth-year walk-ons, they're probably not going to come back. They're like, you know what, I've graduated. I'm going to go on and do whatever I want to do. Go live. Yeah. yeah, go live, yeah. You know, there's I mean, a certain a, point, you know, I guess Dante is going to – you know, roll the dice and see where he lands in the NFL draft. Yes, I'm assuming that's what Letty's going to do. Um, I'm all there's not been anything official, but everything points that he's not coming back next yeah. year. But who knows? The ESPN reporter and there was a comment made by Jared Daggy saying that um, he is he is going to entertain coming, coming back. back next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from from the game, that's what that's what it, that will that's what was said, and um, that's going to be a very, um, I don't know, that's gonna because I mean, scholarships are not guaranteed, but don't they have a special rule in place due to the COVID year that you get more scholarships or something like that? That's yeah, they don't right count now? against your. But what he means is, uh, he's he, when I mean, they yeah. go in and have their conversation. Yes, um, Neil Brown might just yes. say it's you know it's over. Yeah. It's, it's done. Like, yeah, I mean, we all thought going into it, you know, with Coach Coach Neil in there. Yeah, you got a four year scholarship. They make it known early. Scholarships are not guaranteed. You mm-hmm. are one year, and if you're not producing. You're done. That's when when I had that conversation with Rich Rod. That's when I knew we should have got paid. I'm like, <laughs> see what? Yeah. There there are some schools and conferences. I don't know. Well, no, I think it depends on the school. You, they won't pull your scholarship if you don't produce. There are some schools that won't do that. There well, I mean, are some that will. Well, no, no. Let me let me rephrase it. He never said that to me. Um, but but I had friends of mine that that he's like, you know, you might want to go look 
other places because it, it's assumed. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're not we're not going to give you your scholarship back. Yeah, and um, you know that that to me, I knew because I mean it was supposed to be you, you come to you come to West Virginia or you go to school, you're going to get a four year degree. I mean, you're going to get a four year scholarship. But you know w- when that happened, I knew it was about money. I'm like, this we need to get paid. Well, I, see, do you think it's more of a conversation about you should probably go somewhere else and play football? I, I don't know of an instance where they actually would pull a scholarship. I know that guys have got hurt and they've left them on scholarship to c- complete their degrees. They can medical them at that point. Um, yeah. But, that yeah, I count. mean, but I do know they have those conversations with them at the end of so, the year. So, so my best friend, um, Ben Meehan, he wasn't hurt. Mr. Kentucky um, played, you know, he was starting. Like, he was playing. That was him and um, him Was and he Rick the Sharon? long snapper no. at one point? No, he was a quarterback. He was a quarterback, and he played safety. Um, ben Meehan? Ben Meehan, yeah. Um, okay, I'm thinking somebody else. He, uh, you know, he had a conversation with Rich Rod. Rich Rod was like, yeah, we're not, you know, we're not giving you scholarship back. You know what I mean? So they take scholarships 100%. And from that point on, I was like, man, this is, this is crazy. So it'll be an interesting, you know, it'll depend on what Neil Brown. Neil Brown seems to be pretty um, loyal to basically everybody. Um, but um, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see what happens with that, you know, because, all right, so on one hand, you have the opportunity to bring in a very seasoned quarterback who you know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Or you can cut him loose and you're going to deal with a – True, I guess a third year kid that you don't ha- didn't have the confidence to play full time, and you're going to deal with a redshirt freshman and a true freshman. Who's the third year kid? Uh, Green. This will be Green, his Green will be the third year next kid year. next year. Next year, oh, going okay. into next year. Oh wow! I thought I thought he was a sophomore. Mm, it's his second second yeah, year yes, in the program. It, okay, next year will be a third. his third year. Okay, gotcha. so you know, so here here's an interesting thing. Daggy, when you look at his numbers. Right, he career-wise is like this year his season alone. He's in the top ten as far as his statistics: twenty-seven hundred yards passing. He's broke into the top ten for a uh, single season. Uh, career-wise, um, he he's up there too. Now, I was telling Derek early. I went back and looked at some numbers. So ninety-seven, and I didn't compare Mark Bulger's numbers in ninety-eight because Mark. Had, had like 100 more attempts in 98. But in 97, it's comparable. Um, right now, Deggy sits at – he was um, – you know, he's thrown 365 times. In 97, Bulger threw for 300 – he threw 323 times. So, Deggy's thrown 40 more passes approximately. Bulger was 59%, 2,400 yards, 14 touchdowns, 10 picks. Deggy's sitting at 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So – and now, granted, there are a lot of variables, but when you just put number to number, he he's statistically living in the ninety-seven Bulger range. Now, Grant, now, so does that mean Daggy's going to come back next year and throw thirty-one touchdowns like Bulger did in ninety-eight? I, I don't know. I don't know what another year does for Daggy, and I don't know if that will be something that Neil Brown wants to explore. I feel like with Daggy. And I'm not – I don't think he's great. I'm not even going to defend that. I'm not trying to say that the kid's great. I'm not trying to say that the kid's bad. He's somewhere in between 
he he can be good, he can be average, he can be bad, or he can be good. It just, it just depends. It, he has all those moments at, at, from time to time. The problem is he holds the ball too long. I'll say that. He does take sacks that he shouldn't take. He sometimes forces things, which is a bad decision that leads to interceptions. However, when people give him the brunt of the blame for every single loss, it's just because people want someone to blame, and it's easiest to blame the quarterback. You win as a team, you lose as a team. The offensive line will take some fault. The defense will take some fault. Every The receivers that drop a nice pass that he does make should take fault. Letty Brown has fumbled the ball. That's cost us some points. I mean, it's such a it's such an easy thing to blame the quarterback. Do I think he's Mark Balger? Hell no. <laughs> no, he's not Mark. He's Thank not you. Mark Balger. <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and get that out of the way now. Balger was an NFL player. I don't think Daggy will ever play in the NFL. But I don't think Daggy is as horrible as people make him out to be. He's probably just he's right around an average quarterback. I mean, he can be good, but he can also have bad moments, and you get the mixture. You got to take the good with the bad with him. And even if he sticks around for another year, I think that might actually favor West Virginia with the with a freshman coming in that everybody wants to just take over the reins and say, oh, he's going to be the man. Well, I got news for you. A freshman starting at 19 years old that was playing in high school football last year, it doesn't always work out that way. It rarely it, works it, out it that way. It almost never works tre- out. Tre- Trevor Lawrence doesn't count. Trevor Lawrence is a generational-type player. It right. doesn't. Don't tell me he, he's That's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not Trevor. I mean, you know. I, mean, I had I mean, this whole argument yesterday. Outside of teams like Clemson, Alabama, and, and Ohio, State. Ohio State, you're not going to just plug and play a true but, freshman. But that's, what, that's where I go back to the other point is. Ohio State. Let's just say Ohio State starts a true freshman. People will be like, well, look at him. He's got 37 touchdowns and three interceptions. <laughs> yeah, he's also got three first-round draft picks that he's throwing to. And he's got two first-round draft picks on that offensive line. Are those guys at West Virginia? They're and not. They got a, and they got a running back that's, and the, that's going to go first Travion round. Henderson will be a first-round running back. He's a freshman as well. Right. But that's, why, that's what I'm saying. West Virginia doesn't have that kind of talent. Right. And it's not fair to load up a kid's shoulders and say, oh, he's the future of the program. You're going to play Pitt the first game of the year. That's throwing him to the wolves. I yeah. mean, it's just not right. Especially if that quarterback comes back. Yeah, hopefully. I think he's gone, though. He's, he's leaving. Yeah, he's about he's to get leaving. paid. Uh, yeah, Letty yeah. Brown sitting at 909 yards on the season. Oh. Better, better get that 91 against Kansas because they might not get that bowl game. <laughs> well, you you may or may not. First of all, those of you listening this week, my apologies. So you, you know, Yeah, he shitted on everybody. Well, we got a brand new – Beautiful computer here, so there. So there's no Christmas gifts for everybody in the room this year. Damn it! You're, you guys are looking at the Christmas gift. It's sitting in front of me. Um, last week we had some computer issues. We've had major computer issues for the last few weeks. So, but we're back. We're cashed up and running, out, baby. He cashed out. Got a brand new one. Uh, Don't worry, we have offensive issues every week in the team too. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for those of you that did download and then decided to come back, we appreciate it. But um, you know, here's the thing. Letty Brown, he's looking at, you know, he's got to get his 91 next week to, to break 1,000. That's the benchmark, like getting it to, to that 1,000-yard mark for a running back. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. They can go, well, it's not about personal accolades. Man, when you – the running back is trying to get to 1,000. When you, well, I mean, the thing is, anybody, even a receiver, if a receiver gets to 1,000, that's fantastic. I mean, the quarterback's looking probably for 3,000 passing. That's what I mean. That's what you're. You're not looking for individual accolades, so to speak. But in order to get points to win ball games, you have to get yards and stats and things like that. That's what wins games. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I mean, that is the, that is the benchmark. But I want to move that benchmark because 
you can't run to the line. You got to run through the line. And, I, I, you know, I've always was a thousand yard. I got to get to a thousand. But if my mindset was I got to get to fifteen hundred, I'm automatically going to get to a thousand. But like you said, if you don't if you if you're not a thousand yard back and and I mean, I would say this is a down year for him. And unfortunately, you know, it being his last year, you know, he'll go over the thousand. Now, I think he'll he'll run well against Kansas. But it's just it's just a down year with all the fumbles that he had. It's just it's just to me. And then he put one on the ground. And, and it's, even if it's not a fumble, because he put so many on the ground, it's like, oh, my God, he's just had fumble issues. So that's going to hurt him. Um, I mean, he he he's strong, but to me, I just don't think he would. Um, I, 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 you know, a thousand yards for him this year is yeah, he got it, but I just don't think it was a good year for him. I did. You know, here's my thing. I don't think they've done him any justice this year. They just keep running that end zone in that right up the middle stuff, mm-hmm. trying to run that inside zone stuff. They need to. I think they need they needed to do better to try to get him to the edges and and maybe even like get him out, you know, with some blockers in front because they go they'll get in that pistol sometimes and and hand it off to him and run right up the right up the middle and that, that's not. I mean that's that's not going to get you those yards. They've got to do better with the, the scheme to get him loose a little bit more. I think it had to do with the offensive line being so poor. <laughs> it, it did. I mean, it, it did. It, it, it was it was terrible. It was terrible, and, and it hurt It hurt him, but the fumbles is really what defined him, I think. I mean, I think he had like he, four or five fumbles. He, he fumbled so much this year. It, 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 he never did that before. That, that defined him this year. And, uh, again, as far as scheme-wise, I said it early, I mean – I, I hate I hate being told what to do. Even even when you run an ISO play, you still can bounce it. You know, you still can go either way. But I would much prefer just to run a zone play, outside zone, and just allow me to either stretch it out wide, cut it back by, you know, be, just being able to read it. And, you know, all of the zones that we ran were, were outside zones. Um, you know, they weren't outside. They were, they were tackle plays. It wasn't outside the tackle. It was tackle plays. Um, and it just allowed me to to just be free and find what I what I see, and it gave the offensive linemen the opportunities to just get on their horses and run. You know, they run, and then they don't have to physically get up and move people. How I think a lot of our stuff, because it's a lot of pin and pull that that scheme that they run. Which which if if a guy misses a block, that play is dead. Right, pin and pull, especially if if they got a good DN, they got a block, and he gets around it. You know he's gonna hit that play in the backfield and, and it's done. But I, I I don't know. I'm a zone guy. I love zone. Um, you know I've ran zone all throughout my career. And when I when we did run ISO, you know I, I did well. But I prefer to be zone because when you run when you run ISO type plays, there's there's more people and that 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 are supposed to block. And that's one thing I hate. I hated having to rely on, on everybody. Yeah. yeah. You're like if if because I mean. I, I trusted everybody, but we all make mistakes. You know, I'm I'm gonna you know take a wrong step sometimes and get out of, you know get out of phase. But it, the less people that's in the box, the less people you know, the less people there. There's chances that we we're gonna miss a block or we're not gonna do what's right. So you know that's why I love zone plays and that's why you know that I did so well with them because in my mind I'm like. All right, I ain't got a fullback. I don't have to worry about him making a block. You know, I ain't got a tight end. I ain't got to worry about get everybody out. Just let me do my thing. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to listen to some of the sound from yesterday's press conference. We have sound from Letty Brown and also Jared Dagey. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about scores around the Big 12, also give our predictions 
for West Virginia's visit to Kansas. And we'll do all that. But I want to remind you guys, if you're looking for a great place to stay in Morgantown, you should check out Murph's Landing. Only about a half a mile from the stadium, this beautiful two-bedroom, one-bathroom home can house up to six people for your stay in Morgantown. Visit Morgantown. I'm sorry, visit MountaineerFieldhouse.com. Again, that's MountaineerFieldhouse.com. All right, after that, after this, we'll uh, hear some sound from Letty Brown and Jared Deggie. Don't go anywhere. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. This is attorney Ben Salango. Just like the Mountaineers are fighting hard on the field, the Salango Law Firm will fight hard to win your case. Whether it's medical malpractice, automobile or trucking accidents, hiring an experienced lawyer will make a difference in the outcome of your case. When you hire my law firm, you get results, not excuses. Check us out at salangolaw.com. Sagging, bouncing, or uneven floors? Standing water or high humidity, nasty odors, or dangerous mold? Crawl space problems don't get better with time, but they do get better when you call Alford Home Solutions. Burr 101, located on Capitol Street in downtown Charleston, provides unlimited options for fun social gatherings and great dining. And the best nightlife in the city. Burr 101 has a full dinner menu, including wings, pork bowls, salads, and more. Be sure to enjoy a cheeseburger with fries with the draft beer for only $13. It's Burr 101's daily special. Plus $1 off drafts during happy hour from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Burr 101 also provides carryout and catering. Call 304-346-1101 or find Bar 101 on Facebook. Bar 101. Welcome, stranger. What's up, guys? This is Anthony Beck, former WVU tight end, and you're listening to the Touchdown City Podcast. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Podcast presented by Salengo Law and produced in partnership with HD Media and the Charleston Gazette Mail. And as promised, here's sound from yesterday's press conferences from Letty Brown and Jared Dagey. So just the emotions, Letty, of that one. Um, finishing off, home finale, win over Texas. Just give me your emotions. Um, you know, I came in throwing the horns down in 2018, and I went out throwing horns down in 2021. Which one was better? 18. <laughs> Letty, running through a lot of contact with really seemed like to feed on that and really get going. You know, what's that feeling like for you when you're breaking tackles, you know, pushing the pile, you know, grinding out first downs when it doesn't look like you're going to get there? Um, at those times, you know, in the moment it feels good because all, all the fans is cheering. And then I just turn around and look at my own line and be like, let's go. Like, come on. That Neil said you guys need to be persistent was his word in the run game. Sometimes it was sort of, you know, not working. Holes weren't always there, but eventually you guys started to get some things going. Was that important just to keep banging away? Yeah, um, just because, uh, like, not every run going to be a home run, you know. It's going to be on tough two yards, tough three yards. Then I might break, like, five yards, 10, 15, touchdown. Do you feel them wilting a little bit? They, were they getting tired because your run started to increase in distance in the second half? I guess so. I started breaking more tackles. 
the emotion of your final home game? Has it hit you yet? I mean, you walked out there, family's there, but has it has it sort of sunk in? Um, coming out, yeah. I was I was looking around at at the crowd, like this really my last home game. I feel like I just got here yesterday, and then as the team game got gone, it was just like it's just an, another game. But I don't think it, it would really hit me until that last game, probably like graduation, when like it's really over. The win overall and keeping your bowl eligibility, your bowl hopes alive. I mean, uh, was that the carrot you guys were looking for? Just yeah, you, uh, you know, us in Texas had the same record, so all we Coach Brown just been. Um, just uh, preaching to us about, like, it's either a win or a loss for either team. Like, y'all fight, y'all both fighting for the same thing, so who going to come out the fight still swinging? And today we came out the fight still swinging. As this thing's gone along, your comfort level with coming back for one more year? I mean, we know that you thought about going out last year. Were there times that maybe, a, oh, boy, I wanted to go out with a better record, but does it sort of turn that around? Um, nah, not really. Okay. What are your thoughts on the offensive line? It really seemed like you were able to bounce out a lot. Uh, um, I feel like the O-line fought and was real physical today. I know at times things didn't go our way, but the person across from them, they on scholarship just like they're on scholarship. So I feel like the line uh, really stayed, stayed in the game today and knew, like, in order to win, we was going to have to run the ball. And I give them a thumbs up for that. Is there a – is the mood more of you're still in limbo right now because you still got another game and you still need another win? Or what's – I mean, is there a little bit of relief still going on right now as you head into Thanksgiving week? Um, no, nah, not really. We we know we still got one more game left, so we can't take our foot off the pedal yet. So, Jared, Texas kid with that win. First of all, you called your brother to brag. And, I mean, what were the emotions of the whole thing? Yeah, I think I told Coach Reagan earlier in the week, you know, I need this one so I can have another bragging right over my brother because um, he never he never beat him when he was playing. So that'll be fun, you know, Christmas joke. <laughs> what about that last touchdown drive? Did start very well, got sacked twice, persisted, kept going, got a touchdown pass out of it. I mean, that's just the whole gamut right there. Yeah, I think it was like third and 18, third and 19. Uh, just didn't pat, panic. Um Trusted my O-line, trusted my receiver, just went through my reads. Um, you know, we ended up getting a first down, just kept the drive alive. That was a made some pretty tough contested catches, diving catches. I mean, you know, that group's been pretty good all year, but was that one of the better performances you've seen out of them as a whole? Yeah, I mean, it was huge. Just a, a ton of guys just stepping up. Um, just because of how many injuries we have, they're all playing different positions they never really played. Um, and they're just making plays, which is huge for the team. Lots of third and long completions, fourth and long completions. It's not always been a strength of this team's, but you guys got it today. Was there just work? Things worked. Why? Why, why can you put your finger on that? I would just say it, it's just a team effort. Uh, protection was good. Um, receivers made plays, um, and I threw the ball well. Um, when that happens, uh, 
we can convert those third and longs and fourth downs. How was the offensive line come together here after the, after the bye week? Yeah. Um, you know, their chemistry is just really uh, good right now. I think they all just trust in each other, believe in each other. And we do as a just as a quarterback and Letty as a running back, we all uh, believe in them. And, um, you know, they just accept the challenge each and every week to be, you know, physical and set the tone for the game. How important was it to keep the run game going to at least keep Texas honest? Yeah, it's very important because, you know, I think uh, when we win these type of games and when I have good games uh, on the stat sheet, like throwing the ball well, it's all because of the run game. Uh, it makes it just so much easier when we have a really good running game. So what was the mood like knowing that, okay, you're, you're – you still got one more left, but this was a must win, and then the next one's a must win. So, I mean, you just Yeah, breathe. I mean, yeah, it's it, today was huge, and, you know, we're going to celebrate this win, and uh, it was a huge win for us, but we know we got one more. The job's not finished. Um, we got to go into Kansas and take care of business because we saw last week what could happen if you don't. You didn't walk. Do uh, you have any idea what you want to do next year yet, or is that still yeah, my, really, my focus is just on uh, was Texas this week and Kansas next week. Uh, sit down, talk to Coach Brown after the season, see what happens. How big was this win for this team just overall? Moving the locker room, all those things. Yeah, I think it was huge. Uh, really just to respond and answer the bell after last week. We just played so poor, a game we should have won. Um, and come, out, come out this week, it must win um, and accept the challenge and just go play really good quality football. Yeah, I mean, you know, we would be pretty stoked about a bowl game just because, uh, you know, we're like what twelve points away from being seven and one, eight and two, stuff like that. So, uh, getting to that bowl game would be huge for us and um, huge momentum going into next season. You talked last week about not playing clean this week about playing clean so for you guys is that goal number one just turnovers lack of negative plays those type of things yeah so on offense we have we call what our what we call our non-negotiables and that's first the ball uh we're going to take care of the ball and we didn't do that next week we did you know today um we want to play with really you know be really physical um and the o-line did that today as well and then we want to play with like great details um, and then I think that showed we all played with really good details and, you know, you can come out with a win when you take care of all of those three things. Knowing what Kansas did to Texas last week, uh, I mean, I'm sure you take every opponent seriously, but you going to Kansas knowing what Kansas is capable of. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, we got to show up to play. Um, I think, you know, we had a slow start at K-State. That can't happen, all right? Um, we got to start fast, uh, prepare really good in the week, have a really good week of practice. Um, and can't, you know, take them lightly because uh, you can lose on any given Saturday in this league. Um, we got to go to Kansas ready to go. Don't go anywhere. Oh, oh mama said, mama, mama said, my mama said, mama said that. My mama, mama said that. My mama, my mama. My mama said you ugly. Hey. Get more back for your business with United Bank. Whether you'd like to start a business, purchase commercial real estate or equipment, United Bank can help. We support business development throughout our great state, making business and consumer loans and fueling opportunities. Small business owners' dreams come true and larger corporations grow. What can we do for your business? United Bank, West Virginia's bank. 
Proud to be united with the Mountaineers. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. It's Mountaineer football season at Tony the Tailor. Tony the Tailor is the Valley's preeminent men's clothing store. Master Tailor Anthony Perizzino has assembled an extraordinary combination of world-renowned vendors and support staff with one goal in mind, to exceed your expectations. In addition to hand-tailored clothing, Tony the Tailor also sells quality WVU apparel from Johnny O to show your support for the Mountaineers. Use promo code Let's Go for 20% off WVU apparel at at bestmastertailor.com. At Warner Law Offices, the best part of our day is getting to hand a client a settlement check, knowing we've helped them get on with their life. If you've been hurt in a car wreck or from a workplace injury, call us. I'm Bobby Warner, and I'm your lawyer. Welcome, stranger. Hey, Mountaineer fans. Hey, this is Brian Joswiak. You're listening to the Touchdown City Podcast. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Podcast presented by Salengo Law. I'm Anthony Lewis in the studio with Derek Bailey, Avon Coburn, and here we go. It's that time. Well, first, let's talk about this. I, I want to bring up something. It was cool yesterday to see the um, 2012 Orange Bowl team in town. It was nice. It was nice. I, I really appreciated that. And I heard Neil Brown talk about it um, in his press conference, too, which meant a lot to, I, I don't know, as a former player, you know, it, 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 it meant a lot, you know what I mean? Because it, it he's showing he's showing that, you know, the the, the history of what, what we did uh, matters matters to, to former coaches. And he, he it was good that he, he 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 brought up, you know, some of the players um that that uh that's there now know you know, they watched that game. Right. They watched that game and, and it was it was good it was cool to hear him talk about it. Yeah, it's not like they brought back the sixty eight or the 75 Peach Bowl team, <laughs> they brought back the, you know, a team a, a more 10 recent. years ago. Yeah. Well, see, that's what they usually, like, they usually bring back for, like, the 1996 or whatever. They bring, like, for forever years ago. But some of the younger people that are, say, 25 now, they're like, oh, I remember that team. That's the one that went down and beat Clemson by, scored 70. Right. Yeah. Right. The, yeah, cur- yeah. the current yeah. players know who Tavon yeah, Austin is. And, and, yeah. Sted- and Stedman Bailey, they know those guys. If, I'm sure Gino probably couldn't make the trip because he's, a, he's in his game. But, I mean, you know, they know those guys. Those are guys that they know. It was uh, that was an interesting night. I remember my daughter was young, so I didn't. She was little, so I didn't go to the bowl. Matter of fact, uh, we put her to bed because I remember it came on in the evening, and um, her mom went in there. <laughs> went in there. She woke up, and her mom went in to lay lay back down with her, and she fell asleep. So I ended up watching the game by myself, which was which was fine. <laughs> I just remember in the third quarter, it was. 56 to 20 or something and David Pollock the guy that's on game day now was actually announcing the game he starts talking about I don't even know what he was talking about and they were like they were like David what are you talking about he goes it's 56 to 20 this game's over who cares (laughs) yeah so I actually had the pleasure to go to that game um and it was actually really cool so my my son was I mean my my son Avon he was a he was a baby like he was about two years old um and uh took my we, it, there was an event before the day before, or no, I think it, it was before the game. Um, took my father-in-law to a WVU event, and uh, it was just fun, man. It it, it was it got cold and, and that evening though. That was the worst part about. It. I was like, man, it was it was freezing. Well, it was January first, second, something. But it was like in that. it was in Miami. Like it's not still supposed get, to be cold in Miami. Still gets a little chilly down there. Really it was fun though. It was a fun game, man. Uh, but um, so yesterday in the Big Twelve. Going around the horn here, uh, TCU Kansas. I thought they were going to get their 
late season uh, upset yesterday. They dropped one to TCU 31-28, but they led most of that game. I'm telling you, they're better than they have been. I mean, I know it's Kansas still. I get it. But they are playing decent football. They're scoring points at least. You know, most years you look at those scores and they're getting beat 56 to nothing, 56 to 7, 42 to 3. Lately, they've been hanging in there. I think the only team that got them pretty good here in the second half of the season was Oklahoma State, and that's Oklahoma State's playing really good football right now. They they might be a top a top five team. They've the got a shot. Right they've got a shot. If Oklahoma State wins next week against Oklahoma, and then they go on and they beat Baylor if they play Baylor in the uh, in the uh, Big Twelve Big Twelve title game and win that one, they may make the playoff. Oklahoma State. O- Oklahoma has an opportunity too. Let me go ahead and say that, but. You know, but I think that's the only team that's beaten Kansas convincingly here in the last four or five weeks. Well, Oklahoma State is on a roll right now. Yesterday they beat Texas Tech um, twenty three to nothing, and I think Texas Tech had like a hundred and three yards total offense. I was watching that one and turned it off because Texas Tech could not get a first down. That defense is they're stingy. <laughs> that defense is fire. You want to? I've said it for ten years. You want to know how you win the Big Twelve? Put a little bit of effort into your defense. That's, it. That's all you got to do. That D line is 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 serious. But they they I mean they were all over that quarter. I mean they was they was they <laughs> blow was, the whistle. Yeah. <laughs> get him off me. Blow the whistle. They, I mean he was every time he snapped the ball he was back there man run plays I'm like man these cats are are balling. I mean and their only loss is controversial. They they had that spot against Iowa State. Mm-hmm. You remember the there was a controversial spot there against that's their only loss. I mean they. They historically do not beat Oklahoma. I think they are in Stillwater next Saturday night, and they have Oklahoma. I think they've only beat – it's like 88-12 to 12 or something in that yeah. series. I mean, they have a golden opportunity, a golden opportunity. They've got enough defense to get it done. Yes, they do. It's just – well, I don't know if they got enough offense, and usually it's the other way around. Usually right. they have plenty of offense and no right. defense. But Yesterday but. also, too, yesterday, uh, Baylor over K-State 20-10. Uh, yeah, to 10. Uh, Baylor, so it's going to be interesting to see how the bowls shake out if if the Big Twelve gets a team into the BCS, the Final Four. It was going to call it the BCS, but the fun, the semifinal, the playoff. Um, how that if they don't, how that'll stagger all the teams down. Um, you know, West Virginia's positioned themselves, so. I, Unfortunately, I'm not going to waver from what I've been saying. <laughs> I just have this bad feeling and have had it for months. Just and I've watched this unfold. So for me to sit here and you know be extremely excited about the opportunity to play in a bowl game, uh, I just have this gut feeling that West Virginia is going to go to Kansas and uh, and drop one next week. But um, It'll be interesting to see how the bowl season plays out. If West Virginia can beat Kansas and they go to a bowl, um, they'll probably play in the Liberty Bowl or possibly the Humanitarian Bowl. Is that what that's called? I think it's the human out there. It's is that the one in Idaho or something like that? No, I'm looking at one. I, there's one in Idaho. Then that's, there's the oh, Cheese It Bowl, which is the old. It's a, it's an offshoot of the. Bowen Orlando. They've, they've made all of them sponsored names, and I've lost track of all of them. Yeah, that that drives me crazy. The yeah. Cheez It Bowl is probably the Champ Sports Bowl. Oh, is that the one see. in Orlando? That yeah, used to, there's was, two of them in Orlando. Okay, the, there's the Camping World Bowl, and then the, maybe that was the old Champ Sports. That's Bowl. That's the old Champ Sports Bowl, and this is the offshoot. Okay, of so it. there's a Cheez It Bowl. Jeez, 
so many. <laughs> the cheese it bowl. And that, that was like the tire bowl. Same thing. It's a, I mean, just it, it should mean, be that they should it, like, for instance, the, the tire bowl should be they should call it the Queen City Bowl presented by Continental Tires. Yeah, I mean, right. there should be there should be legit names to these bowls. Like, I, I'm so tired of hearing the Rose Bowl presented by Vizio. Damn it, it's the Rose Bowl. <laughs> well, but, I mean, but that's but how it should not, be presented. It's though. not the Vizio Bowl. That's true. It's not the Vizio Bowl. Or, it's not, yeah, it's not the Vizio Bowl at the Rose Bowl. Or yeah. Whatever. The See, Vizio. that's when it drives me crazy. Yeah. When they, like, they changed the Gator Bowl. They called it the Tax Slayer Bowl. Yeah. And I was like, it's the Gator it's Bowl. It's the Gator Bowl. Like, it's been the it's, the, the Citrus Bowl is now the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, which is that drives me. That's nuts what you were talking about. The Citrus Bowl. The Citrus Bowl is is incredible. Yeah. It's, it's it's it has some prestige to it. Like it's a the pretty Peach solid bowl. bowl, and it's the Chick Fil A Bowl now. It's the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. Drives it's not me just crazy. the Peach Bowl. I mean, yeah, I can't stand it. But uh, let's get into it. So West Virginia at Kansas next week, seven o'clock p.m. Um, you're more than likely not making that trip, so make sure you head down to Bar 101 and check that out on Capitol Streets. Tell Todd we sent you. Um, I wouldn't go to Kansas if someone put me on a personal, pl- a private plane and flew me out That's there. a damn lie. Do no. they play basketball on Friday night? Yeah. Because if I could catch Fog Allen, a game of Fog yeah. Allen, I might go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, listen, I'm not going to watch college football on a field no. on the track. No. I, it's, but if they put me on a private plane, I'm, I'm going. I'm, that's the only reason. That is the only reason. Not me. I, I, I still don't think I could go, man. All right, so you guys know where I'm at on this. Derek, I'll, I'm going to kick this over to you. I know that you probably don't know much about Kansas except for, um, you know, Toto and Dorothy are from there. I've watched Kansas once. I'm not, I'm not going to tell people differently. I've watched them once. The only reason I can tell that they're getting better is just by looking at scores. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, they're usually down 40. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know what to expect from West Virginia. This is going to be a game that really, I think there'll be a thousand people there. It's going to be one of those that lull you to sleep. It's a night kick. I think West Virginia will survive. I think they will win a very close ball game, and I think it's going to be like 31 to 28. Hmm. Well, I'm, 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 I'm with you along that. Because I, 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 I've, I've sporadically watched a little bit of, uh, of Kansas. Um, and... I mean, they're still Kansas, but they're not they're not Kansas anymore. I mean, I think they're a lot better. Uh, but with West Virginia, I, I mean, obviously, I'm a homer. I, I mean, I, I had us winning every game this year, like my boy uh, Los. Um, I don't know, Tony. I don't see anybody on the schedule that can beat West Virginia. I'll go ahead and say 11 and 0. <laughs> my boy, shout out to Los, man. Shout out to Los. Um, I seen a picture. He was at the game, but. Um, I, I, I truly believe that we, you know, I, I had us, you know, beginning of the season, you know, going to a, going to a bowl game and, you know, yeah, off air, I, I you know, I, I gave the record because I didn't I, I don't know. That's just bad mojo. I just didn't feel like we were we were a really, really good team that will, you know, win eight games. However, this is the last game for some of those guys. And um, I say the last game, last regular season game. So they're going to take it a lot more serious than then you know we're sitting here just lollygagging. It's going to be a serious game for them, and and it gets something to play for. When you got something to play for, you know you you either clam up or you just play a lot better. And I truly believe those guys are going to come to play for those seniors, um, especially you know the D line. I think they're going to come and show out for for um uh, the young Stills boy. Um, I I just truly believe we're going to win this game, but it's going to be a close game because you know they they they're a lot better than um. Than uh than than a lot of people think, and they set us up here. They they gave us a night game. Gave us a night game. I, you know. I mean, and you know, 
Nobody wants to go to a Kansas night game. What are we on Facebook Live? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be on MySpace, actually. Yeah, <laughs> go put it on MySpace. So I, I'm like you, Derek. I'm saying 31-28. Um, you know, we're going to score thirty because I mean, when we when we score thirty, we, we win we win games. However, but that that's it's going to be a tight game. They're going to score some points on us. Um, and uh, but then you know we, we're going to get a, a sack to end the game. Um, Darius Stills is going to um, you know play very, very well, and not play in a bowl game. You think he'll sit out? Hell yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't get that from him. I, I don't I, either, but I, I know that's going to happen. Even yeah, I mean, even if he does, who cares? If they're 6-6 six and six and get a bowl, it's not for stills anyway. I mean, and that's no disrespect to him at all. He's got NFL, like, you know, hopes. I would hate to see him get hurt in a – Six and six bowl game that's completely meaningless. The reason why I think he plays if they make it to a bowl is because his brother played. Yeah, he. I mean, you know, and if he plays great, I, you know, obviously I want to see him play. But I mean, even if he doesn't, I, I would have no ill will about no, that. No. Um. So you know, I don't know. I, I really, really want West Virginia to win next week, just for the fact that I, I like to have something to do after Christmas. Uh, I'd like to have a game to watch. Uh, Other than, I mean, literally, if West Virginia doesn't play in a bowl. I don't watch any of the bowls until the bigger ones. Let come me on. let, let me go ahead on record to saying this. I hope that they, if they get the Liberty Bowl, I hope to God it's not against Tennessee. <laughs> I don't think Tennessee will fall. I've seen a prediction where it's West Virginia and Auburn. Okay, that'd be fine. I don't want any part of Tennessee right now. <laughs> Tennessee is, is they're getting very, better, <laughs> playing very very well. So yeah, I, I you know bowl games are interesting anyway. Um, I don't subscribe to the fact that all bowl games are garbage unless you're playing in the Final Four. I just don't. That's me personal. Personally, um, I think if you if you win seven, six, seven, eight, nine games, and you get the opportunity to play in a bowl game and and win that game, and you get a ring that says champion, I think I still think that means something. I, I know they try to really uh, focus in and make it all about the, the Final Four teams, which are pretty much predicted before the season because the voters don't allow um like if Alabama loses again in the SEC championship they're going to find an excuse to put them in it just because that's who they want in it but I think going to the Gator Bowl and winning still means something and I think going to a bowl game and winning still means something to kids I mean walking out for your last time as a winner should mean something I see that's where I, I like to me I think that's gone out the window because I think most of the kids now and and listen the NCAA has every it, they can take the full blunt of this. It's just about money. Like that's what it's all it's about is money. Why does the yesterday I was watching Michigan, the Rose Bowl representatives were there. Why do Rose Bowl representatives need to go to a Michigan football game? Why do they need to go? Well, the Orange Bowl reps were in Morgantown this year. Why do they need to go to a game? They do. It they, they it's in I their mean budget. that's a, that's a joke. They've always done that. Well, I mean, that's the thing. How much money are these bowl games making? And then they're like, well, we're upset because the kid's not playing. Well, the kid's not playing because you're sitting there making $6 million and he's not getting crap. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I see their side of it. I mean, and, yeah. and also, too, ESPN and people have basically told these kids that these bowl games don't mean anything it's, anymore. And, and see, that's where I got to a point with college football. When the Rose Bowl became meaningless – that's when college football had a major problem. That's a problem for me. It is a major problem. Yeah, you say that. I, I don't. I did. I never knew the significance of the Rose Bowl. I mean, you guys being you know football historians, when I played, 
you know, that wasn't even a, a game that that we, you know, I can go to because because I'm, right. you know I went to West Virginia. I'm in the Big East. That's just not a bowl game that we played in, so it didn't really. I, I but didn't you knew what the Sugar Bowl was. Yeah, absolutely, and that's absolutely the same. like okay. If the Sugar Bowl's not a semifinal site, don't matter. Game's meaningless now. Right, and that's I mean that's a problem. The Fiesta Bowl, if it's not a semifinal site, it's meaningless, and that is a problem. That is big time problems. Well, the Fiesta Bowl was always you know a national championship game, and like, that's I mean, and now if it's not if it's not one of the semifinals or the title game, like where the title games played, right, right. no one no one cares. Right, and it's a that's a major problem in college football. That's a problem. No one that programs television cares, and you're and you college football fans and, care, and as a as a college football fan what i've loved since i was a kid man new year's day used to be so freaking awesome it used to be awesome you could get up and turn the tv on at 11 o'clock and you would get games of ranked teams against ranked teams all day long but they were on different channels they didn't try to put every single game on tv you had two games at 11 a game at 12 30 nbc was the nbc yep uh, the, let's see here the cotton the hall usually played the hall of fame bowl which is now the outback bowl was on at 11 the uh, Cotton Bowl was on at 11. The Citrus Bowl was on at 1 o'clock. The Gator Bowl was on at 12.30. The Rose Bowl was on at 4.15. And then the Sugar and Fiesta were on at like, well, the Fiesta was 5.15 and the Orange and the Sugar were like 8 and 8.30. Mm-hmm. And you got those games all day long. And I guarantee you guys, he is 100% true. On those. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it used to be. That's why New Year's Day was such a significant day. But, I mean, you would get like, okay, New Year's night, you would you would sit there and you'd be like, well, when this game ends, it's going to suck, but I get to watch Alabama and Miami. All right, I mean, and you think when Alabama – well, Miami used to be real good with Alabama team. And then at, at say, 8.30, you say, well, this Alabama-Miami game's kind of boring. Well, I'll flip over and watch uh, Notre Dame and Texas. And that was – I mean, and you could watch – I mean, it was unbelievable. And now you get, what, four games on New Year's Day. It's boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, with that – we're getting out of here. Let's go. About to eat. I'm coming with you. <laughs> Come on, boss. We got room. Turkey. We're gonna. What a um, turkey. <laughs> fried, deep fried peanut oil. Oh yeah, I'm oh. on my way. <laughs> yeah. I'm on my way. Whew. We're doing two. Out. We're doing two at work on Wednesday. Yeah, we're we're so we have an infrared and we have peanut oil. Eat both. We're, we're Bring not, it. We're not. We're not doing the infrared. I, oh. I, don't, I don't really like how it tastes. Like I, I okay. don't know. It's good, but it's not. I like the peanut oil. So yeah, I like to. Up. I like to fry, inject them. You inject them the day before. Yep. yep. And then let them sit. Then pat them bad boys down and drop them. Don't drop them in too fast. Don't take any cooking advice from me. I know how to do it, but you burn your house down. You'd be like, man, we listen to those idiots on Touchdown City. They said drop it. Make in sure, there. make sure it's frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Make sure. It's, no. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't, don't, do, that. Do, that. don't do that. All right. We're going to get out of here, but I appreciate you guys taking the time to download the show. Uh, We'll have guaranteed we'll be back next week after the Kansas uh, game. And then, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with the bowl season and the holiday season um, and all that fun stuff. But if you're looking for something great for your friends, swing it over to touchdowncity.com, pick up a shirt, say thank you to all of our sponsors, uh, Selengo Law, Tony the Taylor, Bar 101, United Bank, Warner Law Offices, Henderson Insurance, Dell Sparks Collection, Masters Law Offices, uh, Alford Home Solutions, and Murph Landing. Uh, we appreciate you guys again. Appreciate you guys downloading the show. And we'll be back next week. We'll see you then.
Touchdown City podcast is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette-Mail. Get your Touchdown City podcast merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com.